Welcome in to another episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Dustin Blanton. Still alone, still riding solo here for this week. Everybody wish Travis a happy, happy vacation as he is enjoying Colorado. Lucky him. I am jealous. Still going to stick it out here in Texas. I am sitting here looking at the numbers after the Thursday night football game that just finished up a couple hours ago. And let's recap a couple things that happened in this game because the Panthers beat the Texans 24-9. So let's get that out of the way. Score. That's the easy part. But what happened in this game was more interesting to me because it's going to have repercussions throughout the entire league, obviously. Christian McCaffrey, at this point, we I don't know what the extent of it is. At the time you may be listening to this, more information may have come out. We might know more. I'm hoping it's not super long-term, but cat or, uh, hamstring strain, never fun. You could visibly see it happen, and that, that just gave you all kinds of goosebumps. We've all seen those type of, type of injuries before. But, man, Sam Darnold, no touchdown passes in this game. I mean, two rushing touchdowns. Tommy Tremble taking the touchdowns away from from the wide receivers. You know, DJ Moore had a nice game. Eight receptions for 126 yards. Look, if this this speaks to just how good Christian McCaffrey is, like he only played, you know, like most of the first or the first quarter, and then he still had seven carries, 31 yards. He put up 40 total yards. Like that, I don't know. To me, that's just telling you just how talented he is. I, I don't have to go into into lengths uh, about Christian McCaffrey and his talent, but rolling along. Everyone else, again, this game wasn't super exciting to watch. If you had the the privilege, let's say, to watch this game in its entirety, there weren't a ton of flashy, oh my gosh, plays. No interceptions thrown, shockingly, with a rookie quarterback. I'm sure the Carolina defense was a top pickup option and largely played. I think that's going to be a theme throughout the year. You just play defenses against the Houston Texans. He didn't make much many mistakes I should say he didn't he didn't kill them the offense as a whole is just really ineffective they don't protect him well we know that second leading receiver on the team was Jordan Akins and Brandon Cooks puts up 100 yards I mean I guess business as usual Anthony Miller of course snipes the one touchdown pass you'll never probably you won't ever throw him into your lineup so I mean there's nothing here to talk about the, the biggest takeaway from this game is an injury, and I hate that. I hate that that's part of football in general, but I hate that that's the most exciting thing. If you want to say exciting, it feels wrong to say that word about an injury, but it feels like the injury is the most noteworthy thing that happened in this game, and that just kind of shows, you know, goes to show you what kind of Thursday night game we were looking at. But speaking about better things, we've got a fun show planned. We've got... Our, look, I'm breaking down every single game on the slate this weekend and going into Monday. And we've got our big picks of the week. Travis, even while he's away, 1,000 miles away or so, 
I don't know. I have no idea how long, how far Colorado is from here. But he's a long way away. And he took the time out of his vacation to send us his big picks. I can't wait to see how wrong he is. But let's just jump into some games. We're going to start it off. My Bears taking on the Browns. The Bears. The Bears. This game is going to be played, I believe this is in Cleveland. Yep, it's in Cleveland. The It's a 46-point it's a over-under. The Browns are seven-point favorites. This, this has got some interesting storylines to it because this is Justin Fields' first start. Woo-woo. I'm sure this is something, you know, I, look, as a Bears fan, and we all by this point should know that I'm a Bears fan, I, when I've talked about it on the last episode, I'm just not super excited. This isn't like going up against. I, I look if he would have started against the Bengals last week, sure. Um, but even then, he didn't play super great. This defense isn't terrible. They don't. Neither of the teams playing in this game are pressuring at a high rate. They're both bottom half of the league, so he should have some time to throw. Look. Look, okay, I just said it again, so I'm going to apologize. One of my goals for this episode is to stop saying look. I, I, I'm I, sure if you're listening to this episode, you've heard me say it over and over again. I apologize. So moving forward, look is no longer an option. But here, Justin Fields has a decent matchup to at least have time to throw, and he should see some rushing opportunities. It's going to come down to which offense makes the least mistakes, and for me – I'm probably rolling from a fantasy perspective and just from an NFL realist perspective. I'm rolling with the veteran quarterback in Baker Mayfield. I trust in him to lead the offense down the field. There's more offensive weapons there. Odell Beckham is returning in this game. Granted, look, I'm not – I apologize again. Odell is starting in this game. I'm not looking to – start him in my lineup though because look i i know that he is a big name and you've probably been waiting for him to return on your teams but this isn't the matchup for it he's going to be someone that i think will put up numbers down the seat down the road especially with jarvis landry out but i don't think this is the matchup with this being his first game back i kind of want to take a wait and see approach Allen Robinson, though, I'm going to start him, especially with Justin Fields throwing, hopefully, in more a more appealing deep ball. And maybe he does connect on one of those red zone targets that he missed last game. You're obviously starting Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. David Montgomery is someone I'm going to still start. The Cleveland Browns defense is okay against the run, but... They're not going to, you know, snuff you out. So I'm not that worried about it. This should be a grinded out game, though. Justin Fields, throw him in your lineup if you feel like you need to, just because he's been sitting there on your, you know, on your bench for a couple weeks and you just can't wait and you're all jittery. Look, even if you've got Baker Mayfield and you've got Justin Fields on your bench, which look, I I think is a likely possibility. You probably paired. Justin Fields with Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins. Throw him in there. 
because the rushing upside is intriguing, and I can't blame you. I like the I like the the upside there in this game. I just don't expect him to throw up, you know, uh, otherworldly numbers to to start off this season. So temper expectations a little bit, but still be excited. Moving on, the Bengals and the Steelers. We're on to Cincinnati. Over under here is 44 points, so probably a lower scoring affair. To be honest with you, Ben has looked rough. This offense is not the Steelers offense that we think of over the past few years. Deontay is injured and not playing. The running game is struggling. Their identity is kind of waning here because running the ball is what Pittsburgh wants to do. That is who they want to be. And they haven't been able to execute that offensive line. My goodness, looking at how they're playing, the Raiders are a top notch defense by the look of how they played against the Steelers. I'm not saying that they're going to lead the league in defensive metrics, but a weak offensive line like the Steelers have make, the Raiders' defense looks so much better. They couldn't get anything established. I mean, Najee going for like 10-38 and 38 last week. He was saved by a touchdown. I don't feel great. The Bengals aren't exactly um, you know, Swiss cheese like I thought they were going to be, but they're not great. And I expect the Bengals to be able to score points. Uh, the I do have some concerns. My concerns mainly fall on... You know, the wide receivers, honestly, on both sides of this game. Chase Claypool, let's start with just the chases, okay, on both sides of the ball. Jamar Chase, depending on who he sees coverage from, could struggle. He struggled last week. Uh, You know, he was saved by a touchdown. He struggled last week against the Bears. And he only saw, I believe, five targets. And Chase Claypool... Yes, he should see a perceived bump in volume because Deontay's out. But given Ben's struggles downfield, throwing downfield, I'm more inclined to feel better about Juju. And he Juju was going to be my big pick of the week. Uh, in a PPR format, shorter, closer to the line of scrimmage targets, safer targets, I, I feel better going with Juju than I do Claypool. Not that you can't play Claypool. Like I said, the Bengals don't have a great defense, but I don't feel it's not like a smash matchup that you normally get, you know, with the Bengals for the last couple of years. Ben has come out this week and said that he feels like, you know, he's he's struggling. And it's it's not painting a rosy picture for me. So you're starting Claypool. You're starting Juju for me. It personally, I'm. I feel good having Juju as a wide receiver two on my in my starting roster. Higgins, uh, now moving on to the other wide receivers, saw ten targets last week. I expect him to look if he draws uh, the top cornerback for for Pittsburgh. It, it'll be a tougher matchup, but the volume should be there. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to put up wide receiver one numbers, but again, could see wide receiver two production this week as I don't expect the Pittsburgh offense to 
be super efficient and keep the Bengals defense on the field. The running backs are the biggest question mark for me in this game. I don't feel great starting Mixon. I have already talked about Najee and the concerns I have for that offensive line. The over-under is already pointing to this being a lower scoring affair than other games this week. So you're starting Najee, you're starting Mixon, but don't expect a huge game out of either of them. We've got a possible, I mean, this this is another interesting matchup. It's probably going to be lower scoring on one side of the ball. Washington versus Buffalo has some intrigue. Once again, they call me Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. There's some there's some question marks with Antonio Gibson. For, I'm hoping this is a bounce back for him. I, I'm trying to ignore the parallels in game script and, because you think of the Bills and you think of their offense. Well, their defense is pretty darn good, you know, and the questions that you, as a fantasy manager, you look at this game and the implications are, okay, you want Diggs you know, hasn't put up the, the huge game yet. You know, he, he could, you know, score in this game. I've, I, I really would love for Stefan Diggs to score in this game. And look, Taylor Heineke isn't awful, question mark, but is he going to be good enough to keep the football team in the game? We, we just saw the Bills route the Dolphins, and the Dolphins aren't exactly bad on defense. You could draw some parallels from that game where you've got a backup quarterback. Maybe he struggles to move the offense. It could happen. I don't really feel like I need to dive into a ton of metrics there. The Both of the defenses in this game have done a good job pressuring the quarterback. I just, I just trust Josh Allen more to get the job done. And I think Taylor Heineke got away with some mistakes last, last game. I don't think that Washington should have won that game. They won on a missed field goal. Um, you're starting Gibson. You you know, in terms of the fantasy implications there, you're starting Terry. I don't expect huge games out of them. I don't expect this to be, you know, I expect more of the volume to return for Antonio. For Terry, I'm not expecting a huge game, not with Tredavious White there. He's no joke. He's playing well this year. I'm not saying Terry can't produce. Like, I'm sure I'll get dunked on if Terry, you know, puts up, you know, a touchdown goes off for a bunch, but I don't think that's likely. I don't think you're getting a hundred plus yards and a touchdown out of Terry. You know, he could have a modest day and just because he's talented, Stefan Diggs, you're playing him, especially in a PPR league, Beasley, I'd be okay. I'm even thinking about putting Singletary in, 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 uh, in a PPR league. If it's anything other than a, a PPR league, I'm probably not playing Singletary because he just, he doesn't have the, the rushing volume you like to see, but the way that that offense, I think, will move the ball, I think that it's not impossible that he sees some some red zone goal line work. Logan Thomas, you can also throw him in there as a you know, unless they start looking away from Terry, if he's just getting shut down, Logan Thomas is there. He also has been getting targeted, so I you know I forgot to to include him in my rundown, but yeah, Logan Thomas is still an option to tight end because at the end of the day, Washington may have to try to keep up with this Bills team and they might have to they might find themselves in a negative game script so Logan Thomas still feel okay starting him as your tight end option because tight end is a barren wasteland and you're not really going to find a better option on the waivers if you have Logan Thomas on your team let's talk Colts and Titans now I as there are so many injuries right now but talk about 
an offense that I just don't want any part of because of this this backup quarterback situation. I look, you've seen the report of Brett Hundley and maybe Jacob Eason splitting or splitting snaps. What is that? What is that? This isn't college. I don't understand the logic sometimes of NFL teams because you go in and you tell your your NFL franchise, this is what we got. They're both not good, but we're going to play them. So I don't really feel good starting any part of this Colts offense outside of Jonathan Taylor. In a PPR league, maybe Naeem Hines. But even at, look, even I, even if you're getting you know a dozen targets for Michael Pittman this year or for this week, I don't feel good about it. I don't trust the accuracy of those. And you're going against the Titans that don't exactly have a world-beating defense either. It's it's a good run defense. Um, that's kind of if they're if you want to call it a strength of this Titans defense. I I don't consider anything on the Titans defense a strength. I think they're kind of well, they're very soft this year. But the Colts do have a good defense. Unfortunately, their offense isn't going to do a good enough job this game keeping the Titans defense on the field. So you're gonna see that Titans offense on the field quite a bit. And this this has Derrick Henry second half game written all over. They may stop him in the first and second quarter. They may do a decent job of kind of keeping him quiet. But as that game wears on and as he kind of does his thing and they continue to to grind the defense down and you do have that those extra few possessions that the defense doesn't see in other games and it kind of wears them down. This is why I feel okay with Henry in this game. He's going to wear this defense out. That offense cannot keep that uh, that defense off the field. So fire up all your Titans. Julio, A.J. Brown, Henry. I feel good streaming Tannehill in this game if he's on your waiver wire. If, he, if you're deciding between him and maybe you have a – I'm trying to think of some other options out there. But feel good with – with Tannehill starting him in this game. If you're, if it's between Tannehill maybe and Kirk Cousins, I think that's an interesting dynamic. Maybe a Tannehill and the quarterbacks in the next game that we're about to talk about, I would start Tannehill maybe even over them as we've, we're moving on to the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Giants. over-under at 47.5. Giants are favorites in this game. I don't really like calling a three-point favorite a favorite because look, any one of these teams could just absolutely fall apart. It's not like either one of them are super solid. They both have weaknesses that are honestly along the offensive line, and one of them just happens to have a mobile quarterback that can move the offense. The teams aren't all that dissimilar. Obviously, you're, I'm giving the kudos more to Calvin Ridley and you know you've got the squeaky wheel Kenny G on the the giant side who has been you know very let's say let's see he's been expressive about his desire to be involved more in the offense you also have the storyline of Saquon Barkley I believe that he takes another step in reclaiming his true role and look in my opinion He's essentially game script proof. If the Giants trail, Saquon's getting work. 
if they're ahead, they're going to run the ball. Saquon's getting work. So I'm not worried about it. He's. I think we're going to see another uptick. Even if it's not the normal volume we used to see for him, I still think he's going to be rock solid in this game. I, I think this is the game where everyone can kind of just like take a deep breath. Saquon's back. And if he's not, then you can freak out. <laughs> Sell him. But the Giants do is solid. Uh, moving to the other side of the ball, I think Matt Ryan should be able to be more comfortable. Neither one of these teams are kind of generating a lot of pressure. I think Pitts and Ridley are starts, obviously. I, I, I would even feel this might be a game where I feel okay flexing Mike Davis. The Giants have allowed, you know, 252 rushing yards so far this year. That's, you know, bottom five in the league, I think. And, look, let's talk about the rest of the, the receiving options uh, for New York before we move on. Um, Kenny G, obviously you're starting him. I I shouldn't say obviously because I'm sure some people are a little bit of trepidation to start him. So let me ease your mind. They're going to feed their top paid wide receiver this, this week. Sterling Shepard is a solid wide receiver flex option in PPR. And I feel good enough versus a shoddy Atlanta defense to give – Either of those two a shot. In a desperate situation, uh, Darius Slayton is even interesting. So keep an eye on those guys, you know, because they could be options. Let's move on to another gross matchup, in my opinion, the Saints and the Patriots. The over-under is, I think this might be the lowest over-under on the week at 42 points. Goodness, the Pats have not a good thing when a rookie quarterback and a team that had no wide receivers last year are the favored offense in a game. You know, Bill Belichick, you know, be darn, the, the Saints are just ugly to watch on the offensive side of the ball and they've got Alvin Kamara and no one else the offensive line is still solid but they just can't execute I, I don't think I'm trying to think of a nice analogy other than like a square peg in a round hole where you've got Jameis Winston who loves to throw the ball and just kind of uses volume to get where he's going He's like a super inefficient car trying to – it's like – I don't know. It's like driving a monster truck to work. Like super inefficient, really big and loud and can make these big plays, but needs a lot of gas, a lot of throws to, to put up the numbers you need. This is not good looking so far, guys, because Bill likes to take away the number one option for the team he's playing. And Kamara – look, I, I don't know if you can necessarily take away Kamara – I don't know how you say his name. Even at this point, Kamara Kamara, I've used them both. Going to continue alternating. I don't think there's a better option on that team. And I'm to be honest with you, look, I've already destroyed Marquez Callaway enough, but I'm not touching anyone else on this Saints offense, even if there's a fire. I'd be lying if I told you that this was a, a good game to feel confident in any Pats running back either because – the Saints actually do a pretty good job against the running back. And even, you know, caveat, I think James White annoyingly could be a PPR flex play because he is still second on the team in targets because why not, Bill? And the 
like I said, the Saints have allowed the second fewest rushing yards through two weeks. And, I mean, I guess you could still play Damian Harris because unless you have a better option, look, if you've got – oh, let's see. Who who else would I play over Damian Harris? I mean, maybe Darrell Henderson. May, no, no. I See, even then, even then I'm not going to – I'm not going to do it. I'm not I, I think I would still throw Damian Harris out there even in this game even though their defense is great. I think it's similar to kind of a uh, a Colts scenario or a, a Titans scenario where yeah, the the defense is is kind of trash. Um except for the Patriots defenses. I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh but Damian Harris put him in your lineup. He's going to get the volume. Jacoby Myers is another name to think about in this game. He's the leader in targets for the the Saint or for the Patriots. Saints secondary is beat up. Throw him in there. Feel good with him as your wide receiver three this week. If you've got a decision to make with Jacoby, I think that's a solid play. So feel good. Feel good with him in your lineup. This could be a matchup where he does get some volume and maybe even scores. So feel good with Jacoby Myers. The Chargers and the Chiefs. This one should be fun. 55 point over under. That's one of the top over unders on the week. Chiefs are favorites. No surprise there. Look, just lots of points. Lots of points. Flip the game on and just watch the touchdowns pour. I am going to be so upset if this ends up being like a 17 to 10 game. I don't anticipate that, even though it is a defense uh, divisional matchup. Anytime the Chiefs are on the television, I throw defensive numbers out the window. You're starting Tyreek. You're starting Kelsey. You're starting Mahomes. No shocker there. I have talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think that he is going to have a bounce-back week. So I'm still throwing him in my lineup. Please do not hate me when you do, but love me when he does perform this week. You're starting Eckler. You're starting Mike Williams. You're starting Keenan Allen. Herbert has had a rough start. I still feel good starting him in a matchup where he's going to have to play catch-up. And trust me, fantasy people, we like catch-up Herbert. That's a weird nickname. Catch-up anything is just weird. I like catch-up. But you people who throw catch-up just as a blanket over your fries. Like, one, you ruin the fries. And then anyone else who wants, like, especially like a group set of fries. If you go and order a, a, a basket of fries for the table and you throw ketchup all over it, you've ruined, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. But you've ruined the fries. If you're desperate, throw Hardman out there as well as a flex option. We're, we're keeping it wild and loose here. This is, look, it's just me out here. You're listening to me. You, I don't know where you're driving. If you're going to the chiropractor, if your wife kicked you out because she's having a, a Lululemon party. I don't even know if that's something they do. But we're having fun here. Cardinals and Jags. Let's talk to, talk to Cardinals because this game's going to be ugly. The over-under is 52. Cards are 7.5-point favorites. Oh, man. I've got this just can – I just, can I just be honest with you guys? I have this – deep dark pit in my stomach right now about this game i don't know why i don't like defenses defensive matchups where you've got these killer quarterbacks like kyler and it's just like a oh well he's a hundred percent no i don't like games where no one is thinking that anything bad can happen in this game because i don't know how i i'll have to look at the numbers and i'll post it on twitter but i feel like there are games like this where Everything should be fine, but then Kyler goes and throws three interceptions. I'm sorry. I wasn't gonna I wasn't even gonna bring this up. 
okay? But it's eating at me in my in my stomach here. I'm a huge Kyler fan. He's on all of my teams. He's my guy. I just I hate I hate I hate feeling like oh I'm just so sound in this matchup because no he's not gonna have to throw for a bunch of yards to stay in this game and he should eat here but he's looks and he's looks so good and the Jags don't scare you it's just it look if if it's a you want to call it a trap game call it a trap game I don't think the Cardinals are losing I just feel like look could there be some mistakes here maybe I'm sorry we want to try and keep it positive here let's talk about some some positive things I want to make you feel good about some people in this game that you might be on the fence about one of them being James Robinson if you need a reason to start him it should be that the cards are allowing the third worst yards per attempt on the ground other than that I think the Jags passing options are intriguing as well as flex plays I like Marvin Jones here in a game where the Jags should be trailing. He's the leader in t- targets, yards, and touchdowns so far through two games. And the Jags are going to do their best to keep pace. I mean, maybe Visca in a PPR format. You know, he's kind of you know line of scrimmage. I mean, at this point, you know what his role is in the offense, but he's going to see those closer to the line of scrimmage targets. So, could see a higher volume of those in this game. Uh, so as a flex play, I mean, you could do worse. As for the Cardinals, you're firing up Hopkins. You're fi- firing up, in in my opinion, I would feel okay with putting Rondale Moore out there. Edmonds even. Uh, deep fe- a flex option. I don't know how you feel like super safe throwing James Conner in a lineup, but if you need a flex play and you don't have a bunch of options, Conner could get some, some red zone work here. I think... If you need a reason to throw him in your lineup, it could be they'll move the ball easily, they'll get into the red zone enough, and Connor could get there. So this could be a game where James Connor could get that vulture touchdown. I feel okay if I if I have no other options and I'm not not sure what to do with these, you know, island of misfit toys on my bench to fill my last flex spot. Maybe maybe you had you know Antonio Brown on your bench or on, in your lineup, and now he can't play, and you need another option for your flex, you know, your flex option. James Conner maybe could fill that. Throwing it out there. Ravens and Lions. I'm sorry I have to bring this up. The Ravens are going to win this game. Look, they're nine-point favorites. It's an over-under of 50. I'm just going to bring it up again. I know I've said look a bunch of times. It's like, it's like saying I'm going to quit smoking. I'm trying, okay? But it's like... I'm trying to quit smoking, and just it gets stressful, so it's something I lean back on. Okay, I'm not 40 years old bringing my, my safety blanket to work. Leave me alone! The Lions are playing the Ravens, like I said. They need to show me a lot in this game. They need to show me that they can finish a game. If they can play the second half like they do the first half in games, hey, you, you have a chance. But I don't see it here against the Ravens team. Unless the Ravens come out absolutely flat after that huge performance against the Chiefs. And I, I don't see the Lions putting up much of a fight against Lamar either. He's going to be able to run when he wants. They just, they're not getting pressure. And I like Hollywood Brown here. I have not liked him in the past. But, man, he's looked good and he, he's getting targets. I'm going to eat a lot of Crow or Raven if he puts up a dud here. 
because, man, that'd be my luck. Against the the Lions defense, who don't really have another cornerback of note and really struggled against the Packers, I'm okay with it. I think I don't think I'm wrong on this one this week. Fire up Hollywood. Tyson is also a nice play here. Feel good about playing him. I'm throwing Swift in every lineup I have still. He hasn't gotten the touchdown. He hasn't, you know, he or he didn't get one last week. And he's, you know, he didn't get as much work last game as he did in week one. But I think he's going to get more work here, especially in the passing game. Look, I listened to the, the words that the coaching staff has said. And they do want to get him more involved in the passing game. So I trust them. I trust talent overall. Hawkinson, you're starting. Always starting Hawkinson because, as I said, and I'll continue to say it, tight end, you don't have many options. If you have Hawk, you, you, you drafted him to not worry about it. So don't worry about it. Throw him in there. Uh, I don't necessarily know that a touchdown's coming, but volume. Volume is the name of the game absolutely not touching Jared Goff in this game a desperation like I don't know what would have happened to your bench maybe everyone on your bench got injured but desperation heave is Quintez Cephas he looked to be the pseudo number one there they don't have really many many other options outside of Swift and Hawkinson so if you need something a desperation heave Cephas I guess if you had to throw a wide receiver in there Dolphins and Raiders. Working as a team, the Dolphins surround the fish, driving them towards the shore. Gross. I shouldn't say gross. I just, I don't feel comfortable with any of the passing options on Miami. It's a lot like the, it's a lot like the Colts. You know, if, if Brissett is playing, I'm not, I'm not okay putting these guys in if I have other options. Because I, I I still had questions with Tua with Brissett I'm I'm absolutely out Gaskin is maybe a flex play for me here, just with the passing work and the short targets he'll get, maybe volume in a PPR league he's worth it, but the Raiders have some things to prove to me on defense as well before I actually think that they're legit. You know, they face the Steelers. Steelers are off. They won their first game against the Ravens. Maybe the Ravens were still trying to figure it out. There is a chance that the, the Raiders' defense is, is actually legit, which is why I'm staying away from the Dolphins' options. But the Raiders' passing options, let's talk about them because there's one, and his name's Darren Waller. And then you've got if – you if you can accurately predict when Henry Ruggs is going to have a deep pass, I will pay you lots of money. But you can't. So I can't put him in my lineup unless I am down by a bunch of points and I need, I need the big play. Brian Edwards isn't seeing a bunch of volume either. Like, so just keep him on your bench. I, I don't, I look, I don't have better advice for the receiving core other than that. I don't think that, I don't think it's out there. If it is, I'd be happy to read it, but I'm not starting these guys. I'm not starting really even the running backs. It's unfortunate because for whatever reason, John Gruden hates what anyone would think would happen in this backfield. Kenyon Drake's like, awesome. Hey, J you know, Josh Jacobs, sorry you got injured. I'll carry the load. And then and then, John Gruden's just sitting there like, no, this is my buddy Peyton. And then Peyton's going to come in there. I, I don't – it's like he thinks like, oh, my gosh, like all the teams in the league didn't want this starting running back on their roster. I can't believe it. So he tosses Peyton Barber out there. And so Peyton Barber's going to be – 
<sighs> Peyton Barber is still playing, and they're just like, stop it, John. Stop it. Oh, goodness. And I just looked at the, the, the sheet. We're, we're moving on to the Jets and the Broncos. <laughs> it's a 41.5 point over-under, which is just disgusting. The Broncos are the heaviest favorites this week. They're 10-point favorites. The Jets don't look – they're – if there's one team you're asking yourself, but they probably, they don't look as good as the Texans have. In my opinion, they don't. At least the Texans know that like their identity is we may be bad, but we're going to try hard. The Jets are like, we're better than we were last year, but they're not. They're, they look pretty bad. Like they think they're getting better. And it's like the, they're facing a really good defense is what I'm getting at. You're not feeling good about any of your Jets. You're feeling great about all of your Broncos, you're, I'm taking a shot. If I have any Bronco, if I have Sutton, Fant, Gordon, Javante, Tim Patrick, even as a wide receiver three, Hamler as a deep option, I'm starting them all. And the only jet you can maybe think about if your family has been kidnapped and you need to do something for ransom, if they tell you, hey, you have to start Corey Davis, I guess do it then maybe, but then you even still have to give it a second chance. Like a second thought, but there's not much to talk about here. Broncos are going to roll. Jets are going to get rolled. The Bucks and the Rams. This one should be fun. I don't like starting any running back in this game. and that's That feels weird to me because it, it's going to be a high-scoring game. There's going to be most likely some red zone visits. Is it weird that I think that even though it's a 55.5 point over-under that I – there's a chance that there's not a ton of scoring in this game. Is that weird? Does anyone else feel that way? Like, I feel if I were betting on this game, I would take the under because I, I like, I think that the defenses are going to come to play. I think I trust the Rams a little bit more in this game. And that's, that's crazy with how great the bucks have played. I'm just looking at this game and the Rams have strengths all over the field on defense. The bucks have some question marks at cornerback. I don't expect a lot of running back production in this game. If there is a team that I trust to have a big blow-up play in the running game, it is the Rams because that is more of their identity. They can, they're like a they're like a team that wants to run the ball but know they can be great at passing it. And the Bucks are a team that needs to throw the ball because their running game just cannot get going. And but they're great at passing the ball. Like the Bucks are going to lean on that strength, and that's fine. Even with AB missing this game, I like Evans, Godwin, Gronk, still great, still great. You still have three top tier options in this game, and Tom Brady's going to find out or find a way to use the tools that he has appropriately. If AB does play, and he does figure out the whole vaccination thing, and COVID isn't a problem for him by Sunday, awesome, even even better. Then I feel more confident with the Bucks. But. For me, a beat-up Buck secondary means that Cup and Woods should relatively have the ability to do whatever they want to in their offense. Uh, the safeties are okay for, for the Bucks, but Cup has been a heavy early favorite for Stafford. He has eight more targets than Woods, and he has three times as many yards. I understand he had that huge blow-up game, but he still had that blow-up game. It was just a nice, nice game, and that... This is what we all wanted Cup to be a couple years ago before Jared Goff decided he wasn't going to get any better. So I'm taking the Rams in this game, but it's going to be fun to watch. 
I don't know. I just I just feel weird about this game. I feel like this may be a game where the defenses do step up, and both teams have done such a good job preparing for one another. But we always hope for that, you know, the type of games where it's like the Chiefs and the Rams a few years ago where it's just such a fun game to watch. So let's keep our fingers crossed for that. I'm not expecting it, though. One that I think could ter- turn into a game like that is the Seahawks and the Vikings. Another 55.5 point over under, and holy offense, Batman. These defenses, like, stay home because you, you've you've been staying home. There's going to be almost no passing defense here. The Vikings have so far allowed the highest completion percentage in the league, and the Seahawks aren't relying on their defense either. I'm feeling very good about Russ. I'm feeling great about DK. I think that this is going to be a, a a resurgent game for him. And and you got a hot hot locket over there that's it's going to continue to do what he does: get peppered with targets, beat guys downfield. He's been doing that, but I think this could be a DK game. You're starting Jefferson. On the Viking side, you're starting Dalvin. Um, as long as Dalvin doesn't, I don't know, explode like in the bad way, like he gets injured, like I mentioned in the last episode, all the time. But then he comes back. He's like the Terminator. KJ Osborne feels like a fun deeper option to throw in your flex. Maybe he is for real and gets another seven targets because why the heck not? Kirk Cousins again, streamer. I like him in this in this game as well they're playing in minnesota it's going to be indoors easy to throw the ball perfect conditions like why not this is going to be another fun game and just have fun with it you don't get these games all the time where the defenses are awful and the offenses are great so fire them up watch them watch the fireworks and enjoy we've got two more games to break down this next one sunday night football The Packers and the 49ers, Sunday night, like I said, over-unders 49.5. 49ers are 3.5-point favorites. I feel like I should be more excited about this game, but I just – I look, for me, I don't understand how the Rams and the, and the Bucks aren't on Sunday night football. I feel like that's a big miss for the NFL. And as I mentioned before la- you know, in the last episode, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has some more that he needs to show me because – he hasn't had to do it against a competent defense. I feel like the Saints kind of just brutalized him week one. Weird stuff happens week one. But then the Lions defense like was absolute just garbage last week, and he completed a large percentage of his throws. I think the 49ers are just that. I think they're a competent defense. I'm not expecting another four-touchdown outing for Aaron Jones. I think Adams is safe here, though as the 49ers corners aren't exactly they're not the best so I think he's gonna look and putting it nicely I think he's gonna eat them alive and because he's just as good he's just that good you know I think Devontae even against a great corner he's gonna produce but I'm okay starting him obviously in this game uh another name uh, going to the other side of the ball for the 49ers, their star in Kittle. I think this is his his comeback game as well. We just saw TJ Hawkinson, you know, get his against the, the Packers, and the 49ers have more weapons that you're going to need to account for. So I think the linchpin for this offense is, for the 49ers is their need to run the ball, and they're going to need to run it well depending on 
depending on the health of their running back, which always seems to be the question for the 49ers. Like, why are their running backs always injured? I don't have an explanation for it, but my goodness, man, just like, I don't know. Let them rest. I, I look, I've, I've got, I literally have no explanation. I just wanted to stop, stop the violence. Like, let these guys play. Like, what are you doing to these guys? All right, rant over, rant over. I'm sorry. Moving on. We got a lot of games to cover, guys. We're almost done. We got one more. Eagles and the Cowboys, Monday night, divisional matchup. Eagles! Fifty-two point over under. Cowboys are favorites. I, like I think they get the job done in this game, but this one is going to be another fun game. We always have a bunch of fun, a bunch of drama in the the NFC East. Offenses are the theme. And look, here's here's the bad news. Okay, we talked about the good news. Divisional fifty-two point over under. Blah blah blah. The Philadelphia Eagles have a stout run D and Ezekiel Elliott has a lot of questions. I shouldn't say a lot, but he's got questions, especially for where you drafted him this year. He's going to struggle this, this week. Sands a, you know, a huge, you know, outlier run. I don't think he's, this is the week that he's going to have that pop off perform pop off performance. And my guy, Tony Pollard, is a useful flex here. You know, it's a it's a divisional game. Points are going to be scored often. They're going to be able to throw the ball, and they like throwing the ball to Pollard. I see this as more of a Pollard game again. So, look, this is just shoulder shrug meme, and that that's all I got for you. You know, on in terms of the Eagles, though, I, I like the passing options there. I mean, not that the, the rushing options aren't bad. I, I just think that this is going to be a game where I don't think you're going to see a lot of passing pressure, like a lot of pass rush for the Cowboys. So I think Jalen Hurts is going to have plenty of time to throw. I think, I think he's going to be able to run and throw however he wants. A lot of points in this game as the over-under shows. You're starting Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith. Feel good about Miles Sanders too. CD Lamb, obviously, you, I, I almost don't ever have to bring up CD Lamb or Amari Cooper, Zeke. Like you have to start him. I, I don't, I don't think you don't start him, but you also can flex Pollard. So feel good about that. Let's do some big picks of the week. All right, let's start with quarterback. As we normally do, Travis has Aaron Rodgers as his pick this week. Aaron Rodgers against the 49ers, as we discussed. He's projected at 20 points. And remember, with this segment, our pick has to score five points above their projection in a half-point PPR league. So Aaron Rodgers is his pick this week at 20.01 points projected. Mine is Matt Ryan for the Atlanta Falcons against the New York Giants. He's only projected for a 17 and a half point game. I think he can I think he can put up more points than that. They don't pass rush great. I think that they're going to lean more on the passing offense. So I think 
there is a solid chance that he outproduces that. Running backs. My running back is, of course, I'm sure you can guess, Tony Pollard. Look, it just makes sense, especially with the logistics of this segment. He's only projected at 8.39 points in a half-point PPR league. So, look, you, you put up the numbers you had similar to the last couple weeks, give him some passing work. You, if they split touches in this game, I think he's going to surpass that, even get a touchdown. I like the explosive nature of him. Fire him up. Travis, he's running it back with Javante Williams. I don't blame him. He's projected at 10.5 points this week, and he's going up against the Jets. It's as good a bet as any. So let's roll with it. I'm hoping I take the W, but I can see a scenario easily with Javante Williams and him taking it. Let's move on to tight end. I'm skipping. I'm not ending the show with tight ends again. Travis's pick is Cole Komet. The Bears versus the Browns were... You know he's projected down at six points. Look, all that takes is a, t- a, a you know a decent touchdown, and some some target totals, so and some high target totals, I should say. It's doable. I'm not. I don't feel great about it. I can see the logic there. For me, it's George Kittle though. My pick, George Kittle against the Packers. They really didn't have much of an answer for T.J. Hawkinson, and I don't think they're going to have one for, in my opinion, the more athletic Kittle. He's just too good, and he's only projected at about 12 points this year. I think he can get that, maybe even get a couple touchdowns and a higher you know, yardage total. That is definitely doable. We'll finish off with wide receivers. Mine, I like the matchup. It, it makes sense. Wide receiver Jalen Rager for the Philadelphia Eagles. As I just mentioned, I like those passing options. The defense for Dallas is not good. All day to throw for Jalen. I think even when he breaks the pocket and extends plays, Jalen Rager will be a guy he looks to. He missed a touchdown narrowly last week. I think he gets it again this week. So, And he's only projected at eight points. So surpassing that total, doable. Travis picks Chase Claypool. I, I almost picked Juju this week to kind of just nudge Travis's pick a little bit, make it a little bit more, I don't know, spicy. But Travis Chase Claypool was his pick. 11.4 points projected against the, oh, who are they playing? The Bengals. Travis's pick, Chase Claypool against the Bengals, projected at 11.41 points this week. It's a risky pick. I like it, though. Uh, he's going to need a deep ball there, most likely, to get the job done. We'll see how Ben's feeling. If Ben isn't himself, I don't see this projection working out. But again, Bengals aren't exactly world beaters on defense, so there's a chance. Whew. Deep breath, guys. We made it. We made it through the week with just me. We've got Travis returning next week. We've got some fun games here to watch in week three. Thank you for sticking it out with me. Looking forward to next week already. Thanks for listening. That's been... This week's episode of the Losing Sucks podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Losing Sucks.